Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. to the series that we began a couple of weeks ago, which I gave the overarching title of The Golden Triangle of Giving. Preachers are somewhat reluctant to breach this subject because we don't want to be associated with the stigma that is often associated with preachers, that we're just about money. This series has been a lot more than about money. It's about our holistic response our complete and comprehensive response to what God is doing in our lives. And if you have that right, if you have that note right, if you have that key right, then everything else will follow in the wake of it. When you have the center right, these musicians know it, when you start the song off right, you can end on a positive note. But I was thinking about that reluctance, and I remember hearing the story of... uh, Two men who were marooned on an island, they were castaways, and one was very nervous, concerned about whether or not they would be rescued. He was pacing all the time. Uh, His companion was very relaxed. Uh, He was very at ease. He was very at peace with the whole situation. And one day, the brother who was panicking asked the other, he said, what's wrong with you? Aren't you upset? Aren't you concerned about our situation, about our dilemma? And he responded, he said, no, I'm not. He says, why aren't you concerned? He said, well, I make 10000 a week, and I tithe on my 10000 at my church, $1,000 a week. I know my pastor's going to find me. The Golden Triangle of Giving, our first sermon from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 9 through 10, the focus was to honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase, and then shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst out with new wine. And this is the foundation of the Royal Triangle. It's worship. Everything is an act of worship. And when we offer ourselves and offer all that God has given us in worship, this is the perspective that elevates our giving. Giving should not be a response to some horizontal, some uh, materialistic, some humanistic focus. It should be a transcendent response to what God is doing in our lives. And so when we give, when we truly give, it is an act of worship. And then we complete uh, the other two sides of the triangle. We move to love because love, when God has your heart, this is the passion that energizes our giving. When we truly love somebody, when we love God, it is the passion that energizes 
I'll give it. You, you don't have to cajole and coerce people who love God to share what God has given them. It's the natural response to what he's done. Because he loved me, I love him. And then today we go to the third side of the triangle. Because ultimately, when you truly love God, it will express itself in how you treat other people. When God has blessed you, you cannot keep that blessing to yourself. And so the third part is generosity. It is the principle that enlarges our giving. I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. This is the uh, New International Version. It reads, one man gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. People curse the man who hoards grain, but blessing crowns him who is willing to sell. He who seeks good finds goodwill, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Whosoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Generosity comes from an old Latin word that has to do with nobility. It has to do with lineage. It has to do with pedigree. It has to do with being highborn in terms of your station of life. And I thought about it in the context of the fact that we are born into the family of God, that there is a nobility that should associate itself with us, that should follow us in all that we do and all that we say. We are ambassadors. We are children of the king. And, and our response to God and our response to those who are around us should reflect that. Generosity is the principle that enlarges our giving. That's part three of this message. Generosity is the principle that enlarges our giving. I love the message paraphrase of verse 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. This text launches with the assertion, it launches with the premise that when you see giving as an act of worship, when it is a response to your sense of God's love for you, then there should be an eagerness, there should be a cheerfulness, there should be a readiness associated with that act. Word of God is clear. I believe in 2 Corinthians, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. In Exodus 35 and 36, there is this description of what happened in the life of Israel shortly after leaving Egyptian bondage. The slave with limited substance, only with that which God had given them favor with, the Egyptians, they came out with that substance. But the Bible says that the first capital campaign of history, because God had placed in Moses' heart to build a tabernacle, and they didn't have a bank in the area to apply for a loan. The resources would come from the people. The people gave so much. If you read it in Exodus 35 and 36, and over and over, 
again. You hear this phrase. They had a willing heart. They had a willing heart. They gave so much that God had to tell Moses to tell them to stop giving. It says they gave a willing offering to the Lord. God allows us to participate so he can bless us. He doesn't want us to do it begrudgingly or under compulsion. But he wants us to do it eagerly. Like those little kids who would run down the aisle of First Baptist Church of Georgetown, throw their offerings, so excited that they had an opportunity to give to help build another facility. So God uses generosity to enlarge our giving when we give eagerly. Generosity also enlarges our giving when we give exceptionally. Not, not just eagerly, but exceptionally. I struggle with how to um, describe this particular movement of the text, and I, I finally uh, came upon the word exceptional because exceptional givers are focused on others. Exceptional givers look outside themselves and see how they can be a blessing. You grow up in rural West Tennessee. You understand the difference between a pond and a creek. Ponds are takers. They take everything and give nothing. They are stagnant because there's no way for the water. You don't want to drink water from a pond. But creeks and streams are givers. They're always rushing forward. They're always moving forward. Finding somewhere else to empty themselves in. Streams, creeks, rivers ultimately flow into oceanic depths. See, God wants to bless us on an oceanic level, but many of us are satisfied with being ponds. John F. Kennedy, late president, encouraged a resurgence of volunteerism in this country when he said this, Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Generosity enlarges our giving because it makes us exceptional givers. If, if you can't be an exceptional giver in your church, where can you be one? Generosity starts when we have a mentality that we're looking for something and someone we can empty ourselves into. My passion now is because I had mentors, I had spiritual mentors, pastors who poured into me. My passion now is putting my arms around younger pastors and encouraging them, going to lunch with them, sharing resources with them, helping them being a confidant for them because I don't want to be a pawn. I want to be a stream. 
Generosity enlarges our giving when we give exceptionally and when we give eagerly. But it also, in the final instance, enlarges our giving when we give expectantly. Generous givers give expectantly. Not because we expect some reciprocation or some response from the object of that giving, because ultimately as an act of worship and a response of love, we know that our giving, whatever form it takes, is to God. This text says that, and this is how it is, it says the righteous will flourish. Those who line up with God, those who do it God's way, you ain't seen flourishing until you've seen God bring it about. You might think you're on a career trajectory and it's looking real good, but put God in the equation. Put God in the business. Put God in the marriage. Put God in the family. The righteous will flourish if you trust God. If you decide, I'm going to look for somewhere to empty what God has given me into some life. He says the righteous will flourish. Often this word is used to describe palm trees in the Bible. In fact, when God tries to give Israel, ancient Israel, a picture of what flourishing looked like, it's the palm tree. The palm tree. Anybody ever seen a palm tree? You know it flourishes in a storm. The palm tree can bend all the way to the ground. But then when the wind ceases and the storm quit raging, when the palm tree survives the storm, it stands up tall and its leaves are pointed to heaven as if the palm tree is praising God for the deliverance. Generous givers give expectantly. I thought about some names of persons who would be associated with generosity, with philanthropic activity. Names were many that scrolled to my mind this morning. Rockefeller, Carnegie, Mellon, Winfrey, Gates, even Rober, Daniel Rober, who was a young student at Columbine, who lost his life in that tragic shooting. He could have escaped. He could have escaped, but he stood at a location in the building holding the door open while other students were able to get out. And students who survived it reported that's what he did. And he was shot and killed by those two young men who did that awful deed while he was holding the door for other students to walk through. But the greatest giver of all the most exceptional and the most extravagant were none of these. He had everything. But he determined to come down through 42 generations. He saw you and he saw me. And he decided, 
I'm not going to be a pond. I'm going to be a stream. And he came down and somebody thought about it in that context. What can wash away my sin? That's the greatest giver of all. It is the greatest love of all. Died on Calvary. Got up early Sunday morning. He's still giving. He woke me up this morning. And he started me on my way. Generosity. It is the principle that enlarges our giving. Worship is the perspective that elevates my giving. Love is the passion that energizes my giving. I have learned that if you decide to be a blessing to somebody else, God will give you more. When he know he can get that blessing through you to somebody else, God will give you more so you can be a blessing to someone else. God bless you. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.